0: To the Feed You Podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast. I'm so glad to have you guys here this week. Spring has sprung and we, if you can believe it, are already at the first day of May. Holy cow. What happened to April? If you are anything like me that month just flew by and we are already halfway to the second part of Q2. So let's get started by talking. I thought we would talk this week about our offerings as entrepreneurs and small business owners. A lot of the time we put these offers together and we put our, um, services and products together and we think, Oh, these are the best things ever. And yet no one's buying. And I think we get really stuck behind our blinders when it comes to our business sometimes. And so I wanted to give you some, um, I have six different tips for you actually to get you thinking about your offerings in a new way and, um, give you some outside perspective on what you could be changing about your offering so that you are attracting more people and getting more people, um, that actually purchase what you have to offer. Now, I learned this lesson the hard way and I'm still learning it a little bit, um, but a lot of times we go in with the thought of what people need and we never really ask, you know, what is it they really need? And so as we walk through these six tips, I'm gonna give you some ideas and suggestions behind those and some lessons learned. And um, one of the lessons that I learned the hard way is that I was walking in and offering the Mercedes Benz package to people thinking, In my mind, this is obviously what they need. I've looked at what they have going on and um, they need my help, but didn't give them the opportunity to try, go on a test drive or to try it out before they bought that Mercedes. So let's get started. Let's jump in this week. And um, if this is your first week here, first I wanna say thank you so much for joining me. And I'm so glad you found me. I always ask that you reach out to me on Instagram. That's my favorite platform of late. Um, and you can send me a direct message over there every, anytime you'd like. I'm at Alisa M as in Mary Connor, and I would love to hear from you. Give me some feedback on the podcast. Tell me something you've learned. Tell me some things you'd like me to talk about. We talk all things, sales funnels and online marketing here and also, um, entrepreneur life. So if you have been here for a while, I appreciate you. And I, uh, really love that you're tuning in to listen every week. And I would love for you to go and leave me a review on iTunes. Um, I am on every other platform out there under the sun, but I tend to just send people to iTunes. If you're on Google play, you can leave me a review there too. But iTunes is really the place that I ask that you, um, go and leave a review if you're on an Apple product. So let's get started. Why is no one buying what you're selling? Well, that can be totally frustrating, especially if you have, a business and you're trying to make money, you need people to buy from you. And there can be a whole gamut of reasons that people aren't buying from you or that you're not seeing the sales that you want to see. But I wanted to leave it really top level. So you guys know, um, you know, some things to take a look at before you hire a consultant like me or, or someone else that is, um, well-versed in sales funnels, you may want to just take a look at these six areas and see if any of those could be the hiccup or the speed bump to you getting more sales. So let's get started. The first reason that people may not be buying from you is they don't really know how to work with you. You just put some stuff out there, you know, you've got this available, you've got that available, but you never really spell out what that process looks like. And by giving them a clear call to action to direct them to one purchase and work with you, that would be step number one. A lot of people just assume that people know to click buy or schedule an appointment or, uh, move forward in the process, but we have to tell them. People are not innately looking for a reason to come and work with you. They want their problem solved. So if we don't give them a clear map of how it looks to work with us, they're not going to, they're going to go find an easier way to work with someone who has given them that map because they don't want to burn the calories to try and figure out how to work with you. So number one is give them a clear, call to action, a clear um, way to move forward in the process and move through your sales funnel. That can be a buy now button. That can be, if you're, um, giving, uh, a presentation or a speech, you know, what's the next step. They may not be ready to move into working with you, but give them the opportunity to move along in the sales funnel. If you have, um, say you've written some content or you created, like I'm creating this podcast, always have a call to action and really keep it to one, for people to move forward in the process with you. Number two, um, give them a plan. I kind of touched on this a minute ago, but you really need to say, okay, step one is this, step two is this, and step three is this. That seems very rudimentary. And you're like, well, my clients are smarter than that. They don't need a plan, but I'm telling you right now, subconsciously their brain needs a plan because if you're giving them step one, step two, step three, they're like, oh, that makes it so easy. I know exactly what we're going to do. I think, um, many people that have come from corporate are aware of the plan, but when they leave corporate, they forget that somebody's already set that plan up for them. And I think as entrepreneurs, there's no entrepreneur training book. You just are kind of out there trying to figure it out on your own and you learn as much as you can from the people that have gone before you. But the reality is, is that these are really rudimentary business practices that need to be part of your business foundation. And if we aren't setting up that plan and we're not telling people, okay, when you work with me, this is what it looks like. We're going to do this first. We're going to do this second. We're going to do this third. And it can be as simple as you're going to fill out the form. We're going to schedule a call and I'm, we're going to get down to business. Like it can be that simple, but you're just simply laying out for their brain subconsciously and consciously that you know what you're doing and that you have a plan for them. And they they're looking for that plan. Um, I would recommend getting a little bit more specific with your plan because people like to have not over, over detailed, but they like to know, you know, the direction that you're moving and what, um, we're going to get into in a a couple other points here in just a second, but, um, you know, where they're going. And then also in the same category, set expectations. Like I think a lot of times we go through the thinking process in our own minds, but we don't write it out for other people. And most people I've met are not mind readers. So they don't know that when they start working with you, the expectation is is that they're going to have homework or that they're going to have to do some pre-work before they come to the call, or they're going to have to, um, provide certain information to you, or that the call is going to take 90 minutes or whatever it might be. Those details you might have in your head and you may think you have communicated those, but always, um, go toward the side of caution and share those details not you know don't overwhelm people with the details but share with them you know here's the expectations when you work with me it's a partnership um when we work together you you need to plan on booking out 90 minutes on on your whatever your technology platform is so for me it's zoom if you don't know how to use zoom then we need to talk about that or i need to get you some additional information so laying those expectations out so that people know not only what the plan is, but what's expected of them is going to make that, um, opportunity for you to focus your time and energy and what, you know, the amount of, um, time and energy they're investing in you on getting to business. Because when you are caught up in details, it's because you haven't communicated and you haven't set expectations. I've had this work in the opposite way where, I've gone in and I'm going to talk about deliverables in just a minute, but I've gone into a situation and I have not been specific enough. And I end up spending so much time with that client because I feel like I promised this deliverable or this piece of, um, you know, of of an action plan or whatever, and it's taking longer to get there. And so then, um, because I'm an over, I like to over deliver. I just keep giving, 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 and then it ends up costing me money instead of making money. And so take a look at that. And the more clear you are upfront about expectations and also deliverables, which I'll talk about in a second, um, the, the easier it's going to be able for you to grow, to scale, and to have clients know when they're working with you, what it looks like and what they're going to get for their investment. So, Step number two, I love this. Uh, there's a, one of my mentors has a really good analogy for this and I'll share it with you in just a second. But the second reason they're buying is because they don't trust you yet. And Don Miller, who's one of the mentors that I follow and um, actually just went through a training course and you'll hear more about that later in the month. But, um, uses the example of you go out on your first date with someone and then they're like, Hey, do you want to marry me? And they're like, no, Well, a lot of us do that in business. We think that because we've had one conversation with somebody, whether it be at a networking event or online or through a social post or whatever, whatever it might be, um, that they're ready to just jump in and do business with you. Well, they're not, you've got to build that no like trust factor. And so if you're just jumping from offering or, you know, from your introductory, whatever to a big scale offer, people aren't going to jump on that and they're not ready to move forward just because you're ready for them to move forward. They're not ready to move forward with you. So what are some ways that, um, you know, jumping quickly and surpa- you know, um, surpassing the trust factor are affecting your offerings. Well, number one is you're moving too fast. And I just gave you the example of that. So slow things down, you know, what steps can you take to kind of nurture that lead and, and, give them pay it forward a little bit, give them some value so that you're building that trust factor. And going back to my example of the Mercedes Benz, you know, they may need a quick win. They may need to start at a lower priced offer to work with you and see some results before they're ready to invest in that Mercedes. They may need to go on, you know, two, three, four test drives and you be patient with them while they're doing that and getting comfortable with you and how you work and what you have to offer before you you know, try to sell them an, a 70 $80,000 car. So that's part of building trust. That's part of the building trust process and people that skip that trust building process either aren't making sales or they are a flash in the pan. Like they may have a bunch of sales right away, but they have not built a relationship and they have not built trust with their clients, which is going to hurt them in the long run. They're not going to get the referrals that they, that they would like to get and that they need to get to continue to grant, grow and scale their business. And people are going to leave with kind of a yucky feeling and you don't want that. You want to build a long-term business and a long-term business plan. So I always say err on the side of trust and building trust and take your time. And, um, my last point under this, I covered, but give them a small win that can be done with, oh, in so many ways. Um, of the ways that i build that is with my five-day challenge that i advertise at the end of each of these um podcasts where you know people can come in and they they get five days worth of step-by-step um results to build an opt-in and then at the end of that five days i do a live webinar where i go over and i can answer questions and i give 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 because once they get through that they're going to realize um that the things I've been telling them to do are making a difference. They're getting done what they need to get done and they are making progress and getting, um, you know, they're achieving the result. They're achieving, creating that often and they're doing it step by step. And it's really not as hard as they've made it in their mind. So, um, you know, we all need to create those downloads and those things that we give away on our website to be current and be um, competitive in our marketplace. But a lot of people don't know where to start. So that's been a really great way for me to drive people into, um, what it looks, looks like to work with me and um, how I teach and how I uh, move people through the process and share my knowledge and that sort of stuff. So, Um, there's millions of ways to do this. I do it with a podcast too. I, you know, I show up every week and I give you guys actionable tips and give you information that I've learned and, um, experience. And so whatever that is that they can then take those tips and take that information and go and implement it and see some results. Um, they're more likely to you're, you're building that trust. And it's not something that happens overnight, but it can happen rather quickly as soon as people, start to implement some of the things that you've done. Another, another way to do that, to, to build that trust is to have previous clients or pe- people that have previously had success with you share their story. And you're going to see those, um, showing up later this summer in the podcast. I hope I have some feelers out to people, um, as case studies. So I'm hoping they'll come in and come on the show and tell their stories and, um, talk about what it was like, you know, where, where they started, where they are now and that sort of stuff. So stay tuned for that. Um, but let's keep moving. So number three is they don't know what they're buying. And this goes back to the conversation of deliverables. You know, we put an offer out there, we put a product or service or whatever it is that we're offering to our customers, but we don't tell them what they're getting. We don't say specifically you can expect this, this, and this, and those don't necessarily have to be tied to a result. Um, if you've had results, you can reference those results and talk about, you know, those success stories. But a lot of times it's hard to promise results because you don't have control over what actions they're going to take or what implementation they're going to do. But you really do need to, you know, at least say, I'm going to deliver a website to you and it's going to have this many pages and it's going to be done by this time and where we get into trouble. And I'm raising my hand and waving it up in the air. Where we get into trouble is when we don't define those timelines, what those specific deliverables are and what they can expect, um, that process to look like. And so when you get really clear about those deliverables, and then, um, one of my favorite ways to kind of remind, because people will not remember where they came from, what you did and where they are now, unless you remind them. And so when you're going through the process, it's really great to say, Oh, I'm so glad that we got those testimonials done. Remember when we started this project and on your website, you didn't have any testimonials. And now we have all these testimonials that we can plug into not only your website, but into social media and on your sales page. And you're just reminding them of what you did to collect those. Now you have them and what the future action is. So where they're going to use those, how it's going to improve their business, how it's building credibility and authority, and all those different things, because that reminds their brain. And it seems some of these things seem very um, elementary and rudimentary. But the brain does not, the subconscious does not always process the way that, that the conscious does. And the subconscious, as you know, if you've listened to some of my episodes, rules the roost. So we want to remind, remind, remind. And when we do that, they're like, Oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. And then they'll remember I was here. And then we do this and now I'm here. And if you do that several times throughout the process, the beginning, the middle, the end, um, another recommendation is when you're working with people is to gather testimonials throughout the process. And it can seem a little overwhelming, but if you just create, you know, two or three questions for each of those time periods, it, shows the story. It's easier for you to tell their story because you've documented, okay, when we were here, um, no one was coming to your website. I'm just using websites today. It's an easy example that everybody gets, but um, no one was coming to your website. The content you you had out there was not resonating with um, your particular client that you were trying to attract. Um, you didn't have any testimonials and, you know, whatever it looks like. And now we're halfway through the process and we have a download that people are excited about. They're getting opt-ins. You're growing your email list. Um, people are coming to the website. You've got SEO implemented to the end of the project, which is, um, not only did we get all these people to come to your website, but we have converted this percentage based on what, you know, the numbers they're sharing, um, of people, you know, opting into your email list or that have become clients or whatever that looks like. And so you've walked them then through the entire process. We started here halfway through, we did this. And at the end, it looks like this. Um, and once you have that documented, it makes it much easier for you to share that story on your own website and in your own content. So be clear about those deliverables, reiterate, um, you know, the results and the, um, actions throughout the process and keep focused on those results. I think a lot of times we're we're like, well, we, I delivered a website, but they don't really care that you delivered a website. They care what it does for their business. And we get really off track when we forget that our job is to get them results, regardless of what you're doing. Your job is to get your client results in one way or another. And if you're not clear on what those results are, I would say, start there. Um, Especially with your offerings, because if you're just offering something out there, like social media management, for example, and you don't have results attached to that, people may bite in the beginning, but in, you know, after a couple months, they're going to be like, why am I paying you? I'm not seeing any, nothing's happening. I'm not getting new clients. I'm not getting, you know, it's not boosting our following. Um, and you know, some of that may be on them, but if you haven't clearly defined to them what they can expect, as results, then they're going to be unhappy with you. And they're not going to refer you. So number four, we're getting moving right through the list. Number four is, it's almost never about the money. And I have found in my business that I I started with some pretty low price offers. Now I've been doing this for about 12 years and my business has, um, morphed over time. And if you don't, I don't want to go a whole lot into my story, but, um, I started out doing social media management and training and then went kind of moved into branding and now, um, offer a a robust, full solution, branding websites and, um, sales funnels, because, um, I found that those three have to be connected. But, um, when I first started my business, I was offering some really low price offerings. Like I would do websites for super cheap and, um, when you do that, you are attracting that caliber of buyer. And so a lot of us are really afraid to raise our prices. But what I found is when I raised my prices and I stood in that value, and a lot of this again is subconscious behavior, but when I stood in, I will not do, you know, websites for any lower than this. I attracted an entire different, entirely different caliber of buyer. And with that attraction, my job became easier. I didn't have to fight people to do, you know, their part of whatever the project was. Um, they didn't have expectations that I was going to do it for them. They valued my experience and my expertise. Um, and it just became much, much easier. And the saying really goes, you know, the people that fight you on money, just let them go because those will be the people That cause you the most headache drain your energy and make you hate what you're doing and you're going to want to go back and just get a job it's not worth it so price yourself you know competitively but also price yourself for the value you deliver and know that when people say you know i can't afford it. it's too expensive or whatever it really comes down to two things one is they either don't see the value in what you're providing or you haven't explained the value to them and value almost always equates to results or they're confused about what they're getting. And that goes back to defining your deliverables and your expectations. So if you're really clear on those two things and you've made it really easy for people to understand what it looks like to work with you, what they can expect as a result and the value that they're getting, almost never will you have someone argue with you over price. So just be aware it's almost never about the money. It's more likely about how you're communicating those three things. Number five, we're almost to the end. Woo. Number five, um, they don't need what you have. And sometimes that can be yet. And sometimes that could be ever. And I think if you get really clear on your ideal client and who you're wanting to serve and really, um, put a little bit of pressure on the pain points like the things that they're experiencing and connect that to say for example why they're not getting more sales um and you you really kind of rub a little bit of dirt in that pain point um they are going to respond differently and i think a lot of times just we we have this um time frame in our own head that we see the problem but um we may see it and we think they're ready and they need to move and they need to get going but in reality the pain isn't great enough for them yet and until that pain gets to a point where they're ready to make a change or um, you know do something differently no matter what we do we're not going to convert them they have to make that decision on their own and all we can do is be there and be top of mind for when they are ready to make that decision and keep providing value Um, so some things that you might want to consider if you are having problems with converting people that are like, I'm just not ready yet, or whatever it might be is, um, have you surveyed your audience recently and your followers to see if what you're offering is really a solution to a problem they have? Have you filtered out their problems? And if you haven't, um, you might have thought this was a great solution, but if nobody's buying it, um, it's probably not the solution that people are looking for. And a lot of times you have to go, what I have found is, you know, when I say sales funnel, people are like, oh yeah, I don't, they don't really know what that means. They don't really understand that there are multiple components to a sales funnel. But if I get really specific about solving one problem, like for example, um, writing emails that get opened, I, my email series has been super popular. And I think people struggle with emails and getting emails opened and knowing what to say. Um, and if you really focus in that one area, that's a problem that needs to be solved. And so maybe indirectly by solving that email problem and then making them aware and educating them that that's just one component of the problem, then you can sell them an entire solution. So be aware of that, do some surveying and talk to people, get out of your own head, get out of your own circle and talk to people, outside um, of your realm that are your ideal customer and find out what their problems are. And then the second thing is that, you know, make sure you're differentiating yourself. There's a ton of people out there that, um, for example, do online marketing. And there are some people that are really successful at it. And there's some people that have no idea what they're doing. Um, but if you are differentiating yourself and becoming, and a lot of times it comes from just being really specific in a niche and talking in that niche, um, so that you become known for that person or, um, for that, uh, area of expertise. And you're the known person in that arena. Um, so somebody that comes to mind for me is, um, Kelly Noble Marabella, who's been on the podcast. She does a whole gamut of social media, Um, strategy and training and implementation. But what she's really kind of put her stake in the ground around in that arena is chatbots. And so now she's become known as the chatbot queen. And people go to her when they want to be trained on chatbots or they want to learn about chatbots. Does that mean that's the only thing that she offers? No, of course not. She has a whole gamut of social media offerings. But people are seeing her and getting to know her and building trust in her because of her chatbot training. So think about that, how that relates to your, to your business and how you can differentiate yourself. Um, and then last but not least, make it super easy, not only for people to do business with you and make it a no brainer decision, but more importantly, make it really easy for them. If they're not ready to do business with you, to tell everyone else about you, um, they become your advocate and your, best advertising and marketing. When you can tell them, you know, what you do and how you help and provide value naturally, they're going to tell other people about what you do and how you're doing it and how you're helping. And they may never buy from you. Some, some people that listen to your podcast or read your blog or hear you speak may never buy from you. They may never be ready. But that doesn't mean that they won't be a good advocate to share that podcast with someone else or share that blog post with someone or share um, what they learned in the training. So then they send someone indirectly over to you. And um being aware that you know some of the people that never will buy from you are going to be the people that grow your business. So six tips. I hope those have been helpful for you. There are things that I've learned along the way. And, uh, I think most entrepreneurs and small businesses struggle with. And so I'm just going to recap really quick. Um, number one is they don't know how to work with you. Number two is they don't trust you yet. Number three is they don't know what they're buying because you haven't made it clear. Number four, it's almost never about the money. Number five, they don't need what you have yet. And number six, you haven't made it easy for them to tell other people about you or what you do. Next week tune in. We are talking all about how you need to fall in love with your analytics. I know that sounds fantastic. Nobody wants to talk analytics. However, I'm going to give you some tips on how to analyze everything you're doing. Um, tell you a horror story of a client I had that was spending way too much money on something that wasn't bringing them leads and how to, um, make marketing decisions based on analyzing what you're doing and what's working now and what's not and how to easily set up that tracking. So join me next week, thanks for tuning in this week and I will see you next week, have a great week, take care. This episode is being brought to you by my new free training, how to create an irresistible opt-in that people actually want. You know you need an opt-in, everyone's told you you need an opt-in. What they haven't told you is what to create, how to create it and for the love of Pete, how to connect it to both your email service provider and your website. That's why I've created this free training to give you the inside scoop about how to do all of those things. You don't wanna miss this free training. So take this time right now to go sign up at alisaconner.com forward slash simple, because I am gonna help you create the simplest process that you can repeat again and again, every time you need to create a new opt-in and a new download that attracts those people, grows your lists and grows your business. Again. Join me for the free training at elisaconnor.com forward slash simple. See you inside. Thanks for listening to the Feed Podcast at ww.alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast.